Hello, I'm Ben Buddy Slack, and I'm the founder of the Swanson Project. The Swanson Project is a charity that helps people facing the end of their lives to write and record their own original songs. I'm doing a podcast with songwriters where I ask them to share with us one of their songs, tell us a little bit about how they wrote it, share a songwriting tip that might be useful for new songwriters, aspiring songwriters, and then to share with us a song that's meaningful to them in some way related to bereavement. This episode features Frank Turner, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Frank Turner. Thanks for joining me, Frank. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Very well. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, good. I mean, you know, surviving lockdown as best I can, it's sort of definitely becoming a, a, like the new normal at this point. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, getting by. All good. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. Uh, so thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, if anyone's seen these, these songwriting interviews before, we do them in three sections. So first, we're going to have one of Frank's songs, and we're going to talk a little bit about how he wrote that. Then in section two, uh, Frank's going to share with us a songwriting tip that might be useful for new aspiring songwriters. And then section three, uh, we're going to talk about songs meaningful to Frank in some way related to bereavement. So uh, I'll ask Frank to introduce the song you chose for us, uh, and we'll have a bit of a chat about that. Uh, well, the song I chose is a song that um, uh, came out back in 2008, uh, and it's a song about my friend Lex, and the song is called Long Live the Queen. Waking up 
And even though I knew that there was nothing to be done I felt bad for not being there and now when she was gone So I tried to think what legs would want me to do At times like this when I was feeling blue So I gathered up some friends to spread the sad, sad news And we headed to the city for a drink or two And we sang Okay, brilliant. So that was uh, Long Live the Queen by Frank Turner. So uh, what can you tell us about writing that one, Frank? Um, well, it's a very um, literal song on some levels. Um, it's a song about my friend Lex, um, Alexa, who was somebody who I met when I was in the band Million Dead. And we very quickly became firm friends, um, uh, partners in crime, whatever you want to say. Um, we hung out a lot. Um, and uh, when I first met her, she, had, she was someone who had beaten breast cancer once. And in fact, was involved in a bunch of fundraising. She had a gig called Lex Palooza. She did every year as a fundraiser for the breast cancer campaign. Um, and then a couple of years later, um, the breast cancer came back um, and uh, she lost the fight in the end. Um, as is often the way in these things, our, fr our friendship circle, we knew that it was coming, um, which gives you sort of some time to prepare, but um, it's never not quite but not you never quite have a date on it or anything like that and it, it's all very difficult for everybody but um uh and, and it was strange for me because my mind went to writing a song but i felt quite weird the idea of writing a song before she'd actually died and, and in some ways i felt um like morbid even thinking about that before she'd actually passed away um uh but there was so my mind was kind of wheels were turning i i found out that she uh died when um i was in paris actually i spent a lot of time in paris at the time and uh i got the phone call i'd been to see her one last time not long beforehand um uh, in the middle of a tour um and i walked up the hill the montmartre hill to sacre Coeur, and sat down and pretty much wrote the song in one draft um i think because at least subconsciously my mind had been kind of playing through some ideas so it's kind of a song about the last time that I went to see her and you know I went down and we did joke about how we should get out there and hit the town and go clubbing or whatever we didn't obviously um uh she was a very ill person at that time but it was a it was a kind of a lovely moment to kind of like talk about the good times and Lex talked about how she didn't want anyone to wear black at her funeral and this kind of thing um so yeah it was a it was a as, as these things often are, it was a very sort of <clears throat> bittersweet meeting, you know, a combination of, of like friendship and, and laughter and, and memory of good times and all the rest of it, all overshadowed by something less good. Um, and, you know, the, the, that thing about her saying that she didn't want people to wear black at the funeral was great because it was just like, it, it was so in keeping with her character and it really helped me kind of think about where, what I wanted to say in song format about her, which was that, you know, um, that uh, we should celebrate someone's life when they die rather than mourn their death. 
uh, or at least the way to mourn their death is to is to celebrate what it is that you've lost and to remember that positivity. So that's how the song came together. Yeah, yeah, it's a really powerful song, frankly. Really, um, I don't know, it touches a lot of people. And um, one of the lines that stands out to me is the um, uh, thinking about what she would have wanted. And that last verse mm. is the line about that. And that's, that's something that comes up a lot in the work we do with Swan Song. A lot of people have that in, when they're writing these songs to people. Mm. They, you know, they can understand people are going to have some grief, but they don't want them to suffer more than, yeah, they want them to right. go and uh, celebrate yeah. their life. And Completely. And, and Lex was, um, I, I don't mean to say this as, as if it's the complete judgment of her character. Right? She knew how to have a good time. And I think that, you know, um, she wanted everyone to kind of wear pink suits and get drunk, uh, which is what we did at her funeral, actually. Um, and it was similarly a very kind of happy and sad day at the same time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I've never been in that position myself, but thinking about it casually, you, you, would, you wouldn't want to sort of impose more grief on the people that you love, you know, you'd want this if you could. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're, kind of, we're cracking up a little bit there, Frank, but I think we've got most of it. Okay. okay. That was sad, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, I mean, it's great that, you know, her spirit lives on in this song and it's kind of impacted so many people, obviously. So, yeah very popular song of yours how do you find mm. performing it like did it take you a while were you okay to begin with or was it something that you've had to um i think that it was um initially uh i was i didn't sort of know how it was going to go over very very quickly it was a song that landed with a lot of people um and in some ways the art is to take a personal experience and universalize it i mean that's a very simplistic way of saying that um but one specific and personal to you and other people who you've never met and who don't know anyone involved in the story of the song go oh i know what you mean that's kind of the magic moment of being a songwriter you know um so very quickly a lot of people started connecting with it um and then actually weirdly um it became uh kind of one of my first if not my actual first sort of like hit uh in in quotes um and that was very kind of um surreal because uh one of the things that was funny was that Lex I met during the time I was in Million Dead I'd started doing this kind of folk singer songwriter thing and she she was supportive as a friend but she wasn't that keen on it musically <laughs> um and then that was the song that then took me to you know to, to greater career heights and I think that um I think that she would have enjoyed that I think she would have yeah. found that quite funny um uh but yeah so uh, uh, so playing it live, I mean, it was, so it was an, a, a yet sort of mixed emotional experience because quite often it would be the song, for a long time it was the song that the, so, the set would build towards and it's the one that would get the big sing along going. It still gets the big sing along going, but you know, it's, it was just kind of like, it's, it's difficult to feel sad about a song that's doing that for you simply from the point of view of being a performing musician. But of course it's about something sad. But then, you know, that moment of connection is joyous, you know, and to see a room full of people you know, and it's a song that would make people very emotional sometimes when I would play it. And, but that's cathartic in its way as well, because it's empathy. It's realizing that 
we're all connected in our emotional experiences. So generally speaking, it's a positive, uh, it's a positive thing. There have been a couple of rough days, anniversaries, not always the easiest. Um, and uh, my, um, my uncle, who was kind of my surrogate dad when I was a kid, passed away a couple of years ago. And I was on tour and we were playing like the biggest show of the tour was in New York that night. And uh, we carried, we did the show um, and I played that song and dedicated it for him. And that was a difficult one. Yeah. Yeah. So to hear about that. Um, but yeah, it's great having the, having that song. What can fill that? I guess, you know, cause you say the song can adapt for different scenarios and, you know, for yourself sure. and for obviously for everyone, all your fans who uh, listen to it and it'll connect with them about their experiences. Mm. So yeah, that's brilliant, Frank. Thanks a lot for sharing. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's move into the second section of shows. This is where I ask my guests to share mm. a songwriting tip that might be useful for you aspiring songwriters. So uh, what would your <coughs> tip be, Frank, for us? Well, I mean, the, the thing about this is I've got loads yeah. on some levels. Um, uh, and I actually wrote a whole book about songwriting. So <laughs> my tip should be, read my book. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, one of the things it says on the book is that the, the very kernel at the middle of songwriting is a thing that is very difficult to talk about or to practice or anything like that. There's something kind of just magic that happens that we don't really have the coverage to talk about. And that's good. That's how it should be. Um, but beyond that, I think the best tip for being a songwriter I know is to learn loads and loads and loads of songs by other people and when i say learn i don't mean like learn them forever that you'll be able to play them at the drop of a hat anywhere you go sit down and figure out the chords and the melody and the and the words to first of all to songs that you like because that will that, that's a good place to start but particularly as you go on to songs that are sort of outside your comfort zone you know because the thing is in the process of look, learning a song it's like looking under the hood of the car you get to see how it's put together. You know, you might think to yourself, as I did myself, like um, uh, there's an uh, Allman Brothers song called Rambling Man and there's a change in the chorus that just breaks my heart every time I hear it. And the only way I could really think to kind of examine that was to learn the song and to see how it feels to sing that melody line while that guitar line's doing that or whatever. And, it's, and I'm not saying, of course, that you copy anything, but the more of these songs that you kind of look under the hood of them, um, you build a kind of... Uh, a, a sort of a, a, an arsenal, you know, of, of tips and tricks. And it's eventually you reach this point, it's a bit like the bit at the end of the matrix and all the letters start coming down. And, yeah. and you know, it, it's just sort of, and, and I guess a short way of saying this would be learn from the, learned a whole bunch of songs by Abba a few years ago, because um, in more recent years, I spent a lot of time looking at the writing of people like George Jones and Tammy Wynette and Loretta Lynn and Bill Withers, um, and, you know, and it's not just listening to their records, it's the act of picking up whatever it is, and learning how, the, you know, you don't, I'm talking about learning guitar solo, but just learning how other people do things, and then that, it gives you a wider vocabulary for when you want to say your own thing. Yeah, definitely, that's really good advice. I remember there was a while where, um, when I was first getting into songwriting and feeling like as a songwriter there, well, I've kind of done playing covers now. I'm, now I'm writing my own songs and that's what I should be focusing on. And then I earned feeling a bit burnt out with that. And then when going back to yeah. actually, I'm just going to learn some. And when you get a new song that really fascinates you, then like you say, going under the hood with it, learning how it works. Right. And then Completely. all applies and to it, your own. And it's, it's, I do think that playing covers like in a live environment is a really good discipline, actually. Um, obviously, it's not a thing that everybody wants to do forever. 
but it's like a lot of people I know who are really good at what they do have done that for a time. The best example being Billy Bragg. Billy Bragg was a busker for, for ages and got really good at like entertaining a crowd, but also seeing how songs are put together that entertain a crowd and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I hear songs on the radio and I pick up a guitar and work them out. Um, there's a song called Symphony by Clean Bandit that came out. Uh, I mean, I was about to say the other day, it was probably a couple of years ago now, but um, it's kind of like a, a, a big banging pop tune, uh, but it's just such a great melody. And I just worked out the underlying chords and how the melody, and just, just kind of for personal interest sake, but it was, you know, it was that curiosity of like, well, how do they do that? How do they make me feel like that with those chords? And it's great when you get a song like, I was saying that, you know, the song is that you know and looked up to for a while, and you kind of, you know, you, you, when you've done that with them, you kind of feel like you, you've got their tricks a little bit, then something else comes along, you're like, what's that? <laughs> And it's just, right. it's, it's yeah. so exciting then when you've got it. And then, it, then I was, I was thinking that you know, you've got a trick bag. So when you're in your own songs, you know, you can pull it out your own bag of like, oh, does this way this works, this song worked here. Or, yeah. 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 And the, 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 I guess, yeah, that's what we're talking about here is just trying to make your trick bag bigger. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's not, it's not stealing, but it's, it's, it's just learning what all the other turnarounds that people have used in the past are. And then being able to say, when you're writing your own thing, you can reach in and grab that if you need it. And it's there and it's to hand. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, thanks a lot for that, Frank. Really useful. Um, let's move into the third section now, shall we? This is where mm. I ask my guests to um, choose a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. And what I do here is I'll put the link in the description. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're not familiar with the song, I'll ask Frank to introduce it in a moment and you can go and watch, uh, listen to that song somewhere else. Uh, so what song did you choose for us, Frank? Uh, so I picked a song uh, by uh, a band called The Weaker Thans, who are a Canadian indie band um, and their main in the week of was called John K. Sampson. He now tours as a solo artist. Um, uh, it's basically the same thing. He's got pretty much the same band back together again now. <laughs> um, so same deal, but he's, he's essentially my favorite writer. Um, and uh, the song is called Night Windows and it's uh, taken from an album called Reunion Tour uh, that came out in 2006, maybe something like that. That's a guess. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, yes, yeah, so if you're watching this, you're not familiar with the song, you can go and have a listen to it. I wasn't familiar with it until uh, Frank sent it to me, and yeah, I've been really enjoying it. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, um, well, it's a, it's a song, I, I, being an enormous fan and kind of a friend of John's, I mean, we've certainly, we've played together and we've hung out a little bit. Like, I find it quite difficult to be completely relaxed around him because he's my favourite writer and I'm just <laughs> a bit like, whenever we're hanging out. But um, chatting to him about the song, it's, it's based on, it's visually based on a painting uh, by Ed Edward Hopper, who, the American painter, um, uh, of a building, a deserted building at night with light streaming through the windows. Um, but the way that John takes that image is just talking about looking up at a window where someone you know who you've lost used to live as you walk down the street and just kind of imagining you catch a glance of their face. And in that moment, remembering everything that you've lost. Um, and I, it, absolutely devastated me the first time I heard that song um, uh, not even even just the, the opening line of the song it says in the stick count for the song of knowing that you're gone and it was just like as a musician that's about the saddest thing you'll ever hear in your life you know and and um, but it, it, <clears throat> I mean John has this John deals in kind of melancholia should we say you know bittersweet um, incredibly poetic and literate imagery um, uh, but just the the whole imagery of the song is so beautiful to me, particularly the section at the end where it's all about sentences um, uh, uh, that you never finish. I miss the way, could we? 
you know, and it's just all the things that you go to say to somebody who you've lost and then remember halfway through the sentence that you can't say them anymore. And, and it becomes a kind of chant at the end of the song. And it's, it's very, very emotionally powerful for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I share that sentiment. Um, it's such, and I, I really love those, like say he paints the picture based on a painted picture, um, but the, the way he paints the picture in the song of that setting and then, mm. yeah, the meaning behind it is, uh, is really beautiful. And it's such, it's one of the things I always think with songs, like it kind of, it seems like it would be easier than it is <laughs> of how much mm. is said in mm. that, in that setting. Um, well, one, <clears throat> completely. One, one of the things I love about John is that unlike most songwriters, myself included, he's, he's genuinely a poet. Writing lyrics and writing poetry are not quite the same thing, in my opinion. <clears throat> but John is definitely like a poet. And there are lines in the song, you know, the full moon makes our faces shine like Ovarian and polyester. Like yeah. no one says that in their song. You know what I mean? Um, and and uh, there's kind of an, a, a reference to kind of like the international wars that were happening around then. It's like, you know, um, uh, it's, it will drown the generals out in static. I always love that line, you know. Um, and, but it's just there are all these little kind of touches of, of imagery that are so real and so specific that immediately you're there you know um and uh yeah it's it's i i can't say that there was somebody specific that i'd lost when i heard that song for the first time it's not quite so linked with one individual for me but through the process of living you lose people and and on hearing it uh, a whole host of faces came back to me yeah yeah thanks a lot for sharing it frank uh, it's, it's a really powerful song i'm really looking forward to listening to some more of his work now where uh... Oh, I ca I cannot recommend all of it highly enough. Like, I yeah. think just just all of it. Start at the beginning, keep going. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah, we'll do. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, yeah, well, thanks a lot for your time, Frank. I really appreciate it, and uh, thank thanks you for sharing your, your stories with us. Well, um, thanks for asking me to be part of this. I think it's a wonderful project. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, yeah, very excited about about you know celebrating more people's lives in songs and i'm always i'm always happy to hear when other people have had such you know success stories uh like yours with your song of celebrating someone's life in the song and how then how impactful that is to so many people mm. um, it's really beautiful uh, and you're doing you're doing some live streams and things during yeah i'm i'm doing uh, every thursday at 8 30 p.m uh uk time i'm doing a live stream and each one's for a different independent venue because uh with everything that's happening in the world right now that's uh that's a challenging business uh, right now, so I'm doing my best to help out. So, um, and there's a few other things here and there, but the main one is yeah, Thursdays at eight thirty, uh, um, a live stream on my YouTube. Brilliant. So I'll tag all that in the description for this, so people can go and uh, check it out. And I'll also put a link to your book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll have to get myself a copy of that. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't heard yeah. of that one before, but I'll, uh, that sounds great. Yeah, the book. The book's called Try This at Home. So uh, um, uh, check it out. Brilliant. Right, so thanks a lot for your time, Frank. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back with another episode soon.